David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. Well, here we are, 9.30 a.m. Central Daylight Time. It is the 20th of May, 2019. This is episode 99 of Bitcoin and... And Wednesday, uh, there will be no more double-digit episodes of uh, Bitcoin and because it'll be the 100th episode, which is actually kind of surprising. <laughs> uh, lots to talk about today, so let's uh, let's slide on into it. DJ underscore Seeds on Twitter has a tweet out that says, I only had one rule for LNCast, don't touch users' Bitcoins. After a major rewrite of LNCast, I've taken myself out of the loop and have now launched on mainnet, fully non-custodial. Another big shout out to BTC Pay Server, who made this super easy. What's he talking about? LN Podcasts, man. Uh, He's linking to uh, a tweet, or uh, retweeting a tweet, and I'm assuming he actually tweeted this too, but this is from LN Podcast on Twitter, so that would be at LN Podcast. And this one says, I'm happy to announce the launch of LNCast.com on the Bitcoin mainnet lightning network. You can now support your favorite podcast while experimenting with the lightning network. And I'm like, okay, well, this is cool. So what is this all about? Well, going to LNCast.com and getting into the about, it states, LNCast is a podcatcher that allows creators to monetize their podcast using micropayments on the lightning network a second layer on top of Bitcoin that enables instant trustless micropayments. While being focused on podcast, LNCast is a proof of concept for a broader idea, micropayments in exchange for data. Nice. Motivation. The truth is podcasting costs money. Storage and bandwidth can quickly add up, forcing creators to either eat the cost or look for some source of funding. Existing funding models, advertisements, crowdfunding, and funding, like, yeah, I'm sorry, advertisements and crowdfunding. And under each of these, he's got a list of bullet points, but we won't get into that because most people pretty much know about that. But here's the one that says funding with micropayments on Lightning. Micropayments on Lightning offer a far superior funding model for creators and listeners alike. Contrasting with the above funding models, there are obvious advantages to this model. Bullet point. No need for ads. When users can pay 1.5 cents for an episode, the cost per listen of a typical podcast ad, creators can afford to have no ads. Low fees. With near zero fees. Hey, guys, keep this in mind. That may not stay that way. Okay? We saw it happen once before. It may be the case that it happens again, even on the Lightning Network. Just keep it in the back of your head when you say near zero fees. Okay? Just Do yourself a favor and everybody else around you. Users can be sure that their money is going to support creators, not the maintenance and profit of legacy banking networks. Low minimum payment. With payments as small as one Satoshi, 
Listeners are free to contribute small amounts of money, which can add up to large contributions. Simple user experience. With one-click payments, little added effort will be required from users. Agnostic to popularity. Whether a podcast has millions of listeners or a single listener, creators can raise the money needed to support their podcast. And here we go into the Lightning Network wallets. LNCast is capable with all Bolt-compliant Lightning implementations. If you are comfortable with the command line, you can use any of the three implementations directly. LND, Eclair, and C-Lightning. You can also use any <clears throat> any of the more friendly user-friendly Lightning wallets, including Zap, Lightning App, and Eclair for Android. So there you go, man. Um, I am now. I'm I'm even more incentivized to set up. I get I guess get a nodal so that I can have BTC Pay server get that thing set up because going through this, you need your RSS feed for your podcast. Um, let's see what else you need. Exactly what exactly. Let's see if I can find it. Yeah. So under add a podcast in, uh, in LN cast, you need the RSS feed. You'll need the BTC pay server URL. You'll need the BTC pay store ID, BTC pay pairing code. And then you set a per episode price and then affirm that you're the owner and the creator of, of that particular podcast. Um, so go check it out, man. It's lncast.com. Again, that's lncast.com. And, uh, this is, again, this is at DJ underscore seeds. S E E D S is the guy who did this. He happens to be an engineer, (coughs) excuse me, an engineer over at Microsoft. So, uh, yeah, uh, his, his profile says engineer, engineer at Microsoft, Bitcoin maximalist, creator of lncast.com. So even more people in Microsoft seems to be populated with people who are really excited about, um, about Bitcoin, which is nice. Okay. So, uh, so, uh, getting into the next one, the person who is not so happy about Bitcoin is, as you guessed it, Peter Schiff with his tweet that says 60 minutes just aired a free commercial for Bitcoin. Great press for Bitcoin owners looking to sell their CBS viewers. (laughs) I'm sorry, man. It's like every time I hear an old man yelling at Bitcoin, it kind of just, it throws me off. Okay, let's try this again. 60 Minutes just aired a free commercial for Bitcoin. Great press for Bitcoin owners looking to sell to CBS viewers who may be suckered into buying based on this very one-sided segment. At a minimum, CBS owed its audience a healthy degree of skepticism. Very bad reporting as usual. That almost sounds like Trump. <laughs> so Peter Schiff is he is he is not happy, not happy at all. And I'll tell you who else isn't going to be happy is anybody that lost any amount of money with BitConnect. That's right, people. Uh, BitConnect, the all-time high scam is seems to be back. We're not sure, but let's see what Coin uh, Coinfomania.com has to say about this. This is by William. Wish they'd give a last name. This was as of yesterday. Scam alert, the return of BitConnect. BitConnect 2.0 goes live in 42 days. (laughs) Yeah, so he writes, if you have been in the cryptocurrency space for some time now, then you probably participated in the infamous BitConnect Ponzi scheme or at least heard about it. However, for those who don't know or 
may have forgotten, BitConnect is the kind of news that gives crypto a bad name. BitConnect is, was a de- decentralized Bitcoin lending and exchange platform launched in December 2016 that promised investors high returns on their Bitcoin loans. The platform had a native cryptocurrency dubbed the BitConnect coin, BCC, which was used to pay investors. BitConnect's primary aim was to invest with users Bitcoin, which is locked for some time, and share the profits made from the investment. The company claimed it was making a lot of profit thanks to its special quote-unquote trading bot, so it offered juicy interest rates to investors with an average of about 40% per month. (laughs) With so many users joining the project, the BitConnect coin soon emerged as a top 20 best-performing cryptocurrency on CoinMarketCap. The currency saw a price surge of above $400 with a market cap exceeding 2.6 billion USD in 2017, and then it was gone. Fast forward to January 2018, BitConnect pulled the biggest exit scam ever seen in the cryptocurrency industry. The company closed the lending and exchange platform, and users were settled with BCC, a coin which became worthless after being delisted from all exchanges in the space. The value of BCC plunged to below $1 from a previous high of almost $500. So we have another scam in the making, BitConnect 2.0. It's been more than a year since BitConnect left thousands of investors heartbroken, and it seems the operators of BitConnect are coming for a rematch without any rebrand. According to a tweet yesterday, BitConnect 2.0 will be returning on July 1st, and the the tweet is from at BitConnect2 underscore O. says, welcome everyone back to BitConnect 2.0. We will launch BitConnect 2.0 on July 1st. Visit our website for more infos bitconnect.io and that was may 18th at 1 45 p.m central daylight okay bitconnect 2.0 is most likely another scam but sadly many crypto gamblers have short memories if this new bitconnect goes live it won't be surprising to see people going all into it okay um yeah don't don't do this and i have my suspicions that it is not that is a completely different set of people. I also have my suspicions that it may not be anything like what we think it is. It may not be a scam. And what I mean by that is that because the BitConnect name carried so much, uh, not weight, what I'm trying to say, had a lot of, it had a, a lot of air about it. Had a, I mean, it was like almost as if it marketed itself just because it was marketing itself directly to the greed of really stupid human beings. So it's not entirely outside the realm of possibility, people, that it's when it goes live, it's going to go live with some kind of weird, you know, I don't know, like, you know, in fact, I I wouldn't be surprised if it just ran a uh, a video where uh, where we get rickrolled. It would not surprise me in the least. And then something after that. But I kind of I kind of. I don't know. I want to say that I kind of doubt that this is going to come back as actual BitConnect 2.0 because they're given the authorities, which shut them down in the first damn place, almost uh, as of right now, 41 days or 40 days um, to get all their injunctions lined up if they do a single thing that looks like it's going to take dollar one from anybody. So I I actually doubt that this is what, what it says it is. But my God, in this space, you just... You just never know. <clears throat> okay. Oh, God. Brian Armstrong is at it again. 
Coinbase CEO teases launch of debit card in the United States. This is from Jimmy Aki writing for uh, BitcoinMagazine.com. This was May the 17th. Coinbase CEO Brian Armstrong has announced that the company is working on introducing its debit card to customers in the United States. Armstrong's announcement came in a live AMA session on YouTube May 16, 2019, during which he fielded questions and touched on various topics such as community trust ratings for altcoins and fraud prevention. While he did confirm that the debit card is coming to U.S. customers, he didn't divulge a specific release date. Last month, Coinbase launched the Coinbase Card, a Visa-based debit card, which, according to the exchange, allows customers to make purchases online and in stores using their crypto balances. But the Coinbase Card, along with the expense-managing Coinbase Card app, have only been released to customers in the UK. However, according to Armstrong, its entry into the United States isn't so far off. Will Coinbase add margin trading? Uh, Armstrong also spoke about the inclusion of margin trading on Coinbase Pro, which he claimed is one of the most frequently requested features from customers. He said that if Coinbase is to move into margin trading, there will be a lot of regulatory concerns to figure out. Quote, this is one of those products where you have to innovate, not just on the technology, but also on the regulatory side, Armstrong said. With margin trading, traders are able to, quote unquote, borrow money from exchanges to make trades. And right there, you should say no. Sorry, that was me. And the high yield possibilities tend to encourage traders to make large, risky investments i.e. 100x leverage on BitMEX. Countries like Japan have introduced some very strict laws regarding margin trading for cryptocurrency, adding restrictions like caps on available leverage and requiring exchanges that support the feature to register with financial regulators. Uh, Yeah, margin trading, just whatever, never mind. So, yeah, that was, I guess that the card is coming to the U.S. and I'm not, you know... The only way that I can think about that is, is that they've just got huge pools of liquidity in both cryptocurrency and, and U.S. dollars, and you're not, quote unquote, actually buying with your cryptocurrency. It's like, I don't probably debiting against your crypto balance, automatically liquidating it that liquidating that on Coinbase Pro, and then you're paying with United States dollars. Um, that is probably what is actually going on there. But, you know, it's Brian being Brian again. So we'll just have to see what, (laughs) what we can do. Um, Well, you can now send and receive Bitcoin on WhatsApp. This is out of the Bitcoinist.com. Osato Avon Nomayo writing May 19th, 2019 um, says, In a tweet published by Zulu Republic on Sunday, May the 19th, 2019, the digital platform announced that its cryptocurrency messaging platform, Lite.lm, had introduced a simple way to send and receive Bitcoin via WhatsApp. All users have to do is add the Lite.lm WhatsApp bot and follow the on-screen prompts. There are numerous options for users apart from sending and receiving BTC and LTC. <clears throat> this service also allows for people to in- earn cryptocurrency via a referral program. There are also options that allow users to set their default coin as well as select their preferred language and password. Presently, the two default languages are English and Spanish. The service also supports sending and receiving Ether and ZTX, the native token on the Zulu's Republic platform. 
Uh, let's see. SMS-based cryptocurrency transactions introduce some simplicity into the cryptocurrency transaction paradigm, especially for less tech-savvy individuals. Light.lm is already ha- already has similar services for Facebook, Messenger, Telegram, and SMS. According to the company, social messaging is an important component of wider cryptocurrency adoption. WhatsApp alone has more than 1.5 billion users in virtually every corner of the globe. With mobile money transactions becoming easier in places across Southeast Asia and Africa, there is the possibility of more unbanked and underbanked people getting greater access to payment channels. In 2019 alone, there has been a slew of announcements from different establishments about plans to adopt Bitcoin. From trading desks to acceptance as a medium of exchange, the top-ranked cryptocurrency continues to dominate the news. Many commentators in the industry say BTC is becoming a more mature asset class and looks well on its way to fulfilling the expectations of many early believers. With Facebook having its own cryptocurrency plans, Lite.lm could potentially be seen as competition. There is no official word about the exact nature of the social messaging giant's virtual currency ambition, but rumors persist that it will be a quote-unquote Bitcoin-like cryptocurrency token. No, it won't. It'll be garbage, and it'll get shorted into the ground. Though it's, <clears throat> though it's like FB, FB coin will be anything but. Luckily, you can already send Bitcoin on WhatsApp. So there you go. Uh, if you want to check that out, again, that is light, L-I-T-E dot L-M. Light, L-I-T-E dot L-M. Apparently allows you to uh, send BTC and Litecoin and some other stuff on, across the WhatsApp network, which is kind of interesting, right? Um, next up in the stack is... No, the reason I'm reading the, the reason I'm reading this is because I just think it's at this point this sh- should be obvious. It should just be obvious. Bcash, Ethereum, and other altcoins follow Bitcoin's lead and pump by more than six percent in under two hours. This was yesterday by Akash Grimath. Grimath, wait, cry, cry, Grimath. Sorry, guys. I just can't handle it. Uh, although the price of each cryptocurrency should matter on its own status and developments in its own ecosystem, it doesn't. The price of altcoins is largely correlated to bitcoins, which explains this pump in altcoins. The second largest cryptocurrency, Ethereum, pumped by more than 7% in less than two hours, which was the same case for Bitcoin uh, Bcash. The price of Ethereum at press time was $249 and it had a market cap of $26 billion. Bcash, the fourth largest cryptocurrency, pumped by 8% in under two hours. The price reached 385 and the market camp cap hit $6.7 billion U.S. The amount of Bcash transferred in 24 hours was almost equivalent to its market cap, which is massive, and in simple terms explains how Bcash is better than Bitcoin in terms of scaling and transaction settling. Other altcoins followed Bcash. Uh, Bitcoin's lead as they pumped XRP, EOS, Litecoin, and Stellar Lumen surged by approximately 6% in less than two hours. However, Binance Coin didn't react to the pump in Bitcoin's prices. Explain. Oh, God. Oh, I'm, I, Akash, you just, I'm sorry, man. You got it wrong, dude. In simple terms, explains how Bcash is better than Bitcoin in terms of scaling and transaction settling. No. No. That's wrong. But the one thing that he is right about <clears throat> is that the price of altcoins is largely correlated to Bitcoin, which basically means whenever I see people 
you know, posting up charts about like how this coin's about to pump, it looks like every other chart I've ever seen. Every single one of them looked the same. I mean, it, it, it scale them down a little different, scale them up a little bit different, you know, make the, what you can almost make anything look like Bitcoin's chart. Except for, except for the, the, except for, you know, major, major pumps, right? I mean, and those, while those are correlated, the long, I mean, in the, in the long term, all these things look like they're, they're going down the toilet, but every time it pumps, it's always correlated to Bitcoin. So somebody will say, man, Doge is set up to do X or Litecoin is set up to do Y. And it's like, well, what's Bitcoin set up to do? Because whatever Bitcoin set up to do, all the rest are going to follow. There's, there's nothing about any of these shit coins that have any of their own expression. They're all they're doing is re-expressing whatever Bitcoin's doing. So I don't, I don't get the, the whole, Hey, this is, you know, my chart on, noob coin. It doesn't matter what's Bitcoin doing. That's all you really have to ask. Bitcoin is the industry. So the whole industry is going to follow whatever Bitcoin does. And that's all I, sorry, that's all I got to say about that. Um, It looks like, according to CCN and Samantha Chang, who's writing on the 19th of May yesterday, that Bitcoin searches rocket to 13 month high amid 60 minutes hype. Google searches for Bitcoin have climbed to a 13-month high in tandem with its price spikes following the brutal 2018 crypto bear market. Google Trends track search interest for certain terms. Interestingly, the countries that are leading the Google searches are not cryptocurrency powerhouses. Number one is South Africa, two is Netherlands, then Slovenia, Austria, and Nigeria. Rising public curiosity over Bitcoin isn't surprising given how volatile the market has been. An erratic market sparks intense controversy with proponents and opponents rapidly debating whether the downturn is temporary or it is definitive proof that Bitcoin is a scam. <laughs> uh, as CCN, report, CCN reported, the Bitcoin price rocketed above 8000 last week after it tanked to a recent low of 3150 3, in December of 2018. Since then, the original cryptocurrency has made an uneasy but steady recovery. As of this writing, the Bitcoin price is hovering at 7900 after tumbling to 7000 on May 17th, right after New York Blockchain Week and the Consensus Cryptocurrency Conference concluded. Observers point out that the price usually experiences a noticeable bump in the lead-up to and during the week-long crypto festivities and then plummets in the immediate aftermath. And that's exactly what happened this time around. Analysts for, oh, sorry. uh, However, CCN projected back in April 2019 that BTC would soon top 6,500. At the time, the market was still in a slump and BTC was trading at roughly 5,300. But Naeem Aslam, the chief market analyst at Think Markets, told CCN that a bullish trend was forming with speculative shorts that were pushing the price higher. Aslam also noted that the current market patterns are similar to those that occurred before previous rallies and the Bitcoin price surged to record highs. If Bitcoin searches are climbing this weekend, it's probably because of the hype surrounding tonight's 60 Minutes episode. As CCN reported, the cryptocurrency is being spotlighted on 60 Minutes, which airs on CBS. The crypto community has long wanted mainstream media exposure for the nascent market, and now it's getting its chance. Being featured on the popular news magazine show is a watershed moment for the budding ecosystem. For reference, viewership for 60 Minutes topped 7.9 million last weekend. 
One segment will discuss what crypto is, as highlighted by this comical exchange between 60 Minutes correspondent Anderson Cooper and Niha Narula, director of the Digital Currency Initiative at the MIT Lab. Anderson Cooper, what is a cryptocurrency? Niha, a cryptocurrency is a, let's see, how do I, how do I do this? Anderson, because if you can't describe it, laughs. Narula, I know, I'm trying. Anderson, there's no actual coin. And that's ends in a question mark. <laughs> then there's this hilarious exchange between 60 Minutes reporter and Silvio and 60 Minutes producer Andy Court. Andy, who created this? Who invented this? This must be a real genius. Everyone's like, we have no idea. And Satoshi Nakamoto. Satoshi Nakamoto is a fake name for somebody. <laughs> Andy, it's the name that appears on the paper. And were you able to learn anything more about who Satoshi Nakamoto is? Andy, no. And did you try? Andy, a little. But really, I mean, it's it's just mission impossible. <laughs> That's the way it should be too, people. So there you go. Uh, we want to thank uh, Samantha Chang for that piece, talking about the 60 Minutes thing. I have not watched that yet. Um, but it, like, a, you know, Peter Schiff apparently did and got... Obviously, we talked about it at the head of the show, kind of just got a little pissed off all about it. Uh, the dailyhodel.com or dailyhodel.com has a a blog here that I hate it when people do this, but you know, it, it, it's got to be it's got to be done, I suppose. But they're calling the end of Bitcoin and crypto winter, and so this article written by Fred Shebesta was written May 19th, 2019. And the thing, the uh, uh, lead is the end of the Bitcoin BTC and crypto winter is here. I don't like it when people do that because it's like, you don't know. I mean, you can do all the TA you want, but you know, in the end, nobody really knows. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's an, it's a, it's sort of also a kind of a mission impossible thing, but I don't know. I just always get a bad feeling when somebody calls it out. But, you know, if 2018 was the crypto winter, 2019 is set to be the crypto spring. <clears throat> As the market is finally bouncing back, according to our latest report by cryptocurrency OTC trading brokerage, Hivex.com, the crypto winter has refused to let sentiment die with innovation, funding, new launches, and trading continuing to grow the market. The Hivex cryptocurrency landscape report explores what happened in 2018 and the start of 2019. Let's take a look at the key statistics 2018. We saw cryptocurrencies take a dramatic fall in 2018, opening with a total market cap on January 1 at $612 billion U.S., closing the year off at $130 billion, a decline of 78.7%. The highest peak of market cap was on January 8th, reaching $833.4 billion U.S., and the lowest point was on December 16th, when we saw market cap hit $102.09 billion U.S., Bitcoin price dropped, leading overall market performance to fall by 72.6% in 2018. It started the year off at 13,657 per BTC and fell to 3,742 by the year's end, according to the report. Interestingly, more Bitcoin was estimated to have traded at the close of the year compared to the year's open, which gave way to its increase in cryptocurrency market share dominance. The report estimates that 1.2 million Bitcoin 
were traded on December 31st, 2018, compared to 753 traded on Jan 1. That's 65.3% more. From this demand, Bitcoin strength grew its market share by 33.84% to 51.69% by December 31st. Even when talking, taking into account wash trading and coin market cap volumes, it still represents very real growth, which is significant for a bear market. Despite the dip in value across the market, the initial coin offering market was hot in 2018 with $7.85 billion raised collectively, according to the data to data source from ICOData.io. This is a 26.8% lift from the total raised in 2017, $6.23 billion. My God, just... Uh. <clears throat> the list of the top coins changed significantly by the end of 2018, except for the top four coins holding their forts. Bitcoin, XRP, Ethereum, and Bcash. Four new coins were entered the top 10, according, including EOS in 5th, Tether in 7th, BSV in 9th, and Tron in 10th. Following a chilling 2018... 2019 is looking up, with market cap rising 50.54% of trading volume also up over threefold, 227.95% to May 9th. The year opened on January 1 with a market value of $125 billion, and by May 9th it almost doubled to $189.24 billion. That's kind of not doubling, guys. Bitcoin's dominance has continued to climb this year, rising by 9.5% to 56.86% on May 9th. I think these are wrong, man. <laughs> uh, BTC value grew by 58.7% to 6,099 6 on May 9th. 24-hour while trading volume more than tripled to 15.8 billion. Hmm. The report calculated the number of BTC traded in the 24 hours on Jan 1, 2019 compared to May 9th, 2019, which also grew significantly by 130%. There were an estimated 1.3 million coins traded on Jan 1, while there were 2.59 million coins traded on May 9th. The growth of the cryptocurrency market shows no signs of slowing down. As more ways to use blockchain technology and digital assets come into fruition, there's more innovation and more acceptance that this market is here to stay. Already in 2019, we've seen Bitcoin outperform traditional assets, according to Binance Research, with BTC returning above 50% <clears throat> compared to crude oil, 33%, tech stocks, 24%. U.S. real estate and U.S. stocks both at 18%. While this super volatile market should be treated with caution during due to caution doing to it being high risk, it's worth diving into the numbers and getting a solid understanding of the opportunities and the risks. Yeah, well, there. <clears throat> mm. So uh, let's see. Uh, Along with that, what they didn't mention is uh, Bitcoin addresses, and this is a piece from Bitcoinist.com. Uh, let's see. Yeah, it looks like uh, May 19th. This is also from Osato Avon Namayo, and the uh, lead is just 732,000 Bitcoin addresses own at least one BTC. <clears throat> so here we go. There are currently... 
700,000 Bitcoin addresses that hold more than one BTC. Compared to the over 20 million known addresses, this figure represents a small amount of whole Bitcoin owners. The basic definition of money covers a unit of account, medium of exchange, and a store of value. There is hardly any doubt as to whether BTC satisfies the first two, even if the mechanics behind its operation might not be efficient at times. Bitcoin's final hurdle is being in a store of value, putting it in the company of assets like gold and silver. As reported reported by Bitcoinist, the top-ranked cryptocurrency current cryptocurrency's current price still uh, price trend. Sorry, guys, I'm gonna do that over again. As reported by Bitcoinist, the top-ranked cryptocurrency's current price trend still leads the stock-to-flow model, <clears throat> which as a one million per BTC price outcome. I think this says which has, not as. It's written as. Um, it would seem that some investors are becoming wise to this possibility, buying and holding Bitcoin in anticipation of a parabolic advance that takes BTC USD valuation into the trillion dollar USD region. Data from BitInfo chart shows that, that 60% of all BTC hasn't moved in over 12 months. Many of these BTC addresses show a disproportionate level of inflows against outflows. <clears throat> Every single top 100 address has a significant number of BTC in their hoard with only a handful of accounts showing outflows. One could even consider those outflows as transfers to other addresses belonging to the same owner spreading the stash around. While some traders can skim profits off the top of any periodic surge, many seem to be in it for the long haul, truly believing Bitcoin to be a store of value. There will only ever be 21 million BTC, and these holders are gobbling up as much as they can. Considering the global population is roughly 7.5 billion, out of which 36 million are millionaires, it will become increasingly difficult in time for even wealthy people to own at least one BTC. Meanwhile, the fresh, the fresh off the flash crash, BTC $7,850 is making another assault at the $8,000 price mark. Bulls will be hoping for a sustained push above $8,100 with further side, sideways accumulation beyond what has so far proven to be a stubborn resistance point. Any push towards the $9,000 price mark could definitively signal the end of 2018's brutal bear market. Trading above $9,000 means an almost 50% recovery from the 80% decline suffered during the year-long bear market. <clears throat> Technical and fun market fundamentals continue to look good for Bitcoin with a host of institutional adoption cases waiting in the wings. Nice. So, yeah, and keep in mind about those uh, very large wallet balances. Those are probably exchange wallets. They're going to have to keep this a bunch of this stuff, and you know, the larger an exchange gets, the the more liquidity that they're probably going to have. So they're going to be the guys that gobble it up. I I doubt that this is like you know that these top one hundred wallet addresses or anything, but maybe a few whales. But I, I would think either more of or just as many exchanges, exchange wallets. So keep you know just keep that in mind. When we go in, and then we'll go into um, 13 Bitcoin Lightning Network upgrades that will solve its biggest hurdles. This is out of Esther Kim of May, writing May 17th for the Bitcoinist.com. <clears throat> Let's see. Uh, from experiment to Bitcoin killer app. That was according to Guy Swan, the presenter of the crypto, the presenter of the Crypto Economy podcast, who this week dedicated two episodes to introducing Lightning and analyzing its upcoming changes. 
As Bitcoinists is frequently reported over the past year, Lightning represents the next level of payments using Bitcoin and is widely considered to be the way in which the largest cryptocurrency will scale up to meet the needs of billions of future users. Readers can find more information on the protocol, which debuted on the Bitcoin mainnet at the start of 2018 here, and here is a link. Looking forward, Swan presented a list of no fewer than 13 upcoming improvements to Lightning, which he says will boost mainstream appeal. The basis of the list came from a blog post by Bitcoin business BitRefill, which offers a range of products and services payable using Lightning. Top on the list for Swan was Atomic Multipath Payments, or breaking a single payment down into several smaller ones and sending them over multiple lightning channels. Quote, payments become much more reliable, no longer limited to one channel capacity, he summarized. Swan is by no means alone in being concerned about those aspects of using the lightning network. As Bitcoin has reported last year, despite its rapid growth, the vast majority of lightning payments worth more than several uh, U.S. cents failed. Due mostly to its age, Lightning remains a highly technical tool which lacks a user-friendly interface. Developers are still working on making its base layer suitably robust, themselves stressing the fledgling ecosystem is still an experiment. Activity is gathering pace, however, and soon, for example, Lightning will offer not just major efficiency gains for Bitcoin users, but those of other coins at the same time via atomic swaps. Quote, channels don't have to send only Bitcoin. Any blockchain with Lightning can connect payments across blockchains, useful useful for decentralized swapping of coins and sending Bitcoins to pay invoices in multiple currencies, Swan explained. Other improvements focus on more specific weak areas in the current Lightning setup. The full list is as follows. Atomic multipath payments, atomic swaps, channel factories, dual-funded channels, L2, Neutrino, Rendezvous Routing, Sphinx, Splicing, Submarine Swaps, Trampoline Payments, Turbo Channels, and Watchtowers. As Bitcoin has reported, despite its technical level, Lightning gained significant publicity in 2019 thanks mainly to a public outreach project by Bitcoin user Hodel Anot. Miss my cat. Damn it. A form of transaction relay, the project Lightning Torch raised money for the plight of Venezuela's citizens using Bitcoin, ultimately seeing participation for well-known figures both within and outside the cryptocurrency industry. <laughs> nice. I always like to be reminded of our good friend Hodel Anat. Um, and let's see what else here is. Oh, and I'm just to add, not, well, not add, uh, one of the last things I want to get into is that one more Peter has said that at blockchain wallet has delisted BSV uh, trading pairs. So uh, apparently blockchain wallet just shit canned uh, BSV. Uh, I don't know. He, I, I, I don't know if that's going to do anything or not. I mean, the price of that pile steaming pile of garbage is still way too high and i'm not sure if blockchain wallet is going to do anything to make it uh that that garbage pile smolder any less okay uh this isn't a segment but i've just got a tweet here that says shitcoin of the day <laughs> i just came across this from the bitcoin plebs because they're always there there's a whole bunch of bitcoin plebs that they have no problem trading shitcoins and i think it's kind of funny sometimes to to, to listen to him back and forth but this is this is tf uh, tef or tft coin or some kind of crap it's called te food 
And it's farm to table, fresh food traceability on blockchain. Uh, TE food is a farm to table, fresh food traceability ecosystem on blockchain covering all logistics and food quality activities and data management of the supply chain. It provides cost-effective software and identification tools to make livestock and fresh food supply information transparent. No, no, it doesn't work that way. It, it doesn't. It just doesn't. And it has almost everything to do with the fact that you're looking at a physical product. Bitcoin can be Bitcoin because there's no physical coin as Anderson Cooper quite, you know, discovered, I guess. And that's what makes it so fascinating because it lives and is not physical. You can do the things that you can do with a blockchain to it. You cannot do that with a pound of chicken. I'm sorry. You can't do that with a rack of bananas. You can't do that with 5,000 sheep. I don't give a shit if you've got an RFID scanner or an RFID tag on their ear and that you scan them every day as to where they are. Once that thing is butchered, you cannot track the meat because it's dependent on a human entering it into a, you guessed it, giant database. So TE food, GFY. That's going to do it for your morning roundup. Vitals, let's do them. Got Bitcoin at an average of 7,741. A high is going to be over at uh, GDAX at 7,821. The low looks like it's going to be sitting over at uh, right BTC at 7,775, or at least as of right now. 385,000 transactions have been made over the last 24 hours with an average transaction per hour of over 16,000. 1 million 40 BTC have been sent in that last 24 hours with the average being sent per hour of 43,000 BTC. Average transaction value has decreased to 2.70 BTC and the median transaction value has also decreased to 250, I'm sorry, 0.028 BTC or right around 215 bucks USD. Block time is still low. Talking scary, not scary low, but man, pretty low, damn it. And we all know why. <clears throat> we'll get to that. 0.87 BTC are being taken in fees on a per block basis. 155 BTC have been taken in fees over the last 24 hours. We have, as you could expect, a, a pretty big increase in the hash rate. We've got uh, added 12.77% over the last 24 hours, and we are at six or 56.92 exahashes per second. I think the highest it's ever been is 60 exahashes per second. So we're closing in on the high, on, on the all time high for uh, hash rate. It looks like the last uh, commit to the GitHub repository for Bitcoin core. Well, let's call it Bitcoin core to actual Bitcoin was done yesterday, the 19th. From left to right, we have Ethereum at 245, Bcash at 397, Litecoin at 89, BSV at 61, Ethereum Classic is 7 and uh, a third. Dogecoin is at 0.0029. Dogecoin made, yep, has, has again stomped all over BSV because it has 
25,600 transactions over the last 24 hours and BSV only has 21. Bcash is, has increased. It's like 82,000 transactions over the last 24 hours. Anyway, that'll do it for your vital statistics. This is Marty's Mint for Friday, May the 17th, 2019, issue number 486. The athletes are coming. <laughs> He's got a tweet from Russell Akung, <clears throat> pay me, which says, pay me in Bitcoin. Mm. And then there's another one that says, uh, from Barstool Sports, Matt Bark- uh, Barkley wanted the Bengals and Niners to pay his salary in Bitcoin. <laughs> <clears throat> Uncle Marty has been noticing a rising trend in the sports world. Athletes, mainly NFL and NBA players, in my observations, asking to be paid in Bitcoin. Uncle Marty likes this trend. Hate it or love it, athletes are king of culture in the modern age. To many, they serve as idols that sit on pinnacles to be strived for. Seeing players like Russell Akung and Matt Barkley, among many others, I'm sure, straight up asking to be paid in Bitcoin is an incredible sight to see. And frankly, this demographic is perfect for Bitcoin. Young men with ungodly amounts of disposable investable income to speculate with. It makes a lot of sense that as players become cognizant of Bitcoin innocent advantages, they would want to acquire some, even if it's for shits and gigs. Hopefully, Bitcoin will be a vehicle which helps curb the high time preference culture that has permeated sports for decades. As more and more athletes begin to demand to receive a portion of their paychecks in BTC, this will naturally draw in people who idolize them. Forcing Bitcoin to the top of people's minds, having them wonder what this thing is all about. Inciting curiosity and driving traffic to educational content about Bitcoin? Maybe. The kings of clout are beginning to show up, slowly but surely. Bitcoin continues to ingratiate itself into our culture. Digging its roots deeper into the psyche of the masses, potentially past the point of no return. The only question that remains, and then he's got a picture of his own tweet. He put he put out a poll a few a couple of days ago that says which players' association will own more BTC in twenty twenty five, the NFL or the NBA. And his picture has it at nine hours left, and NFL is winning by. Two percent. Final thought: Song of the morning. Enjoy your weekend, freaks. So he's just given us a song, which is not going to be the song I play. But we do thank Marty for uh, taking the time to write these things up. Song AF is some funk.
So today's Daily Trainwrecked is brought to you by, I'm not exactly sure, it's either Craig Wright or Roger Ver. I'm not exactly sure, but just watch out because the smoldering wreckage is about to occur. Address 16Q7HT6WJTZUFYDBNHT9HMVXYTG6XDVT does not belong to Satoshi or to Craig Wright. Craig is a liar and a fraud. Oh yeah, you go, you go sue the uh, computer voice lady there, Craig. Uh, she just called you a fraud, man. I think you could probably get that, <clears throat> get that in a, uh, I don't know, some kind of third world shithole court case going on. So anyway, uh, what is this talking about? Well, cryptoglobe.com has a write-up of what happened. This is again, cryptoglobe.com early Bitcoin adopter proves ownership of address claimed by Craig Wright calls him a fraud. (laughs) This is on the 18th of May. And it, uh, this is from who's writing this. Francisco Memoria is writing, an early Bitcoin adopter has recently proved he owns a BTC address that self-proclaimed Satoshi Nakamoto Craig Wright claimed to own in a high-profile lawsuit. The address itself at one point held 160,000 Bitcoins in it. In the Clayman versus Wright case, <clears throat> in which the Clayman family sued Craig Wright over the alleged manipulation of the inheritance of the now-deceased Dave Clayman, or Clayman, I can't really pronounce it, I'm not sure, I think it's Clayman, who worked together with Wright on Bitcoin in its early days. The Kleeman estate accuses Wright of stealing over 1.1 million Bitcoins. In the case, various documents were submitted as evidence. One, known as Exhibit 11, includes various early Bitcoin addresses allegedly used in a, used in a trust held in the United Kingdom that was to be kept untouched until regulations on BTC and cryptocurrencies were clearer. Recently, the owner of one of the Bitcoin addresses listed a message in a memo, a microblogging platform built on Bcash, God, claiming ownership of the address addresses and claiming it doesn't belong to Satoshi Nakamoto or Craig Wright. The message coming from Bitcoin address, and then you heard our friend, lady, computer lady friend read it, uh, uh, does not belong to Satoshi or to Craig Wright. Craig is a liar. And a fraud. The address's legitimate owner includes a signature that allows users to validate that the person who sent it out does indeed control its private keys. 
Various cryptocurrency users validated the signature, confirming the person who sent it out controls the 16COU address. On Reddit, blockchain developer Mark Lindenberg posted an image that shows he used the the Electron Cash Wallet to verify the signature. Notably, various users uh, believe the address belongs to Bitcoin.com CEO Roger Ver, who's a well-known Bitcoin Cash supporter. No, he is Bcash. Okay, he's not a supporter of it. He is Bcash. It's his coin. He owns it. He runs it. Get that straight. Who's a well-known Bcash supporter and who has called Craig Wright a liar and a fraud and been sued because of it. Other possibilities include Mt. Gox traders or early BTC adopters. The owner of the Bitcoin address coming forward and claiming that he isn't Craig Wright is notable as a document from the case called Exhibit 4 describes an encounter that said to have occurred on October 13th, 2011, in which Craig Wright's attorney swore by oath the self-proclaimed Satoshi Nakamoto showed him he could be controlling the address. In the document, the lawyer wrote that on his HTC smartphone, Wright Wright was able to see this 16 COU address. The document reads, quote, I viewed the Bitcoin wallet addresses by scrolling down on the screen of the Wright mobile. It appeared to me that if Mr. Wright wanted to, he could control all and make transactions in the Bitcoin wallet addresses. The case is, however, only becoming more complex. Recently on social media, Calvin Ayer, the CEO of CoinGeek and a Bitcoin SV supporter, has said that by May 21st, he hopes to have significant proof Craig Wright is Satoshi Nakamoto, and that's never going to happen because all the man can do is lie. Uh, Satoshi's treasure update for you. Uh, they have released the Audubon key. Uh, they did that yesterday because all these things drop on a Sunday. The Earth key, which was dropped the Sunday before, uh, has not been found. Clearly, the Audubon key has yet to be found. All other keys have been found at this point. Um, where's my stack? Where's my stack? There it is. Do, 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 do. Okay, now I want to kind of highlight uh, a... Uh, a Twitter account called Satoshi's Hunters. So that would be at Satoshi's Hunters. And uh they're drop, you know, they're dropping some clues, but this one was kind of interesting because they're they're retweeting Toshi Treasure that's talking about dictionary attacks. And it says the the tweet from Toshi Treasure says dictionary attacks are most useful not as a truly brute force method, but when you're pretty sure about something and you just need to make sure you've covered all your bases. Um, so Satoshi's treasure, while they're retweeting that, says a little helpful hint. It's not a murder of crows, a, blo- a brood of chicks, or a gaggle of geese, but definitely a flock of something. And Satoshi treasure also Satoshi's tre- hunters also goes on to say, uh, May the 11th through May 19th weekly update the Earth key back end and Audubon keys. So Satoshi's hunter at Satoshi's hunters has a YouTube channel. Uh, and they are giving week looks to me to be giving weekly updates of what's going on on a YouTube channel. And it's kind of interesting. Uh, the one, I think this one is right around 20, 22 minutes long. Um, there's some neat stuff in there. So if you want to kind of, uh, uh, keep up with somebody who's keeping even more of their eye on what's going on with Satoshi, uh, Satoshi's treasure, 
go follow at Satoshi's Hunters and then go check out Satoshi's at Satoshi's Hunters YouTube channel, which you should be able to get to right from their bio. And that'll do it for Satoshi's Treasure for today. Terrible Joke Corner brought to you by Andrew Nadal Zero at Andrew Nadal, N-A-D-E-A-U and the number zero, otherwise known as Meh Giver. <laughs> he says, Schrodinger, I got you a present. Me, if it's another dead cat, I'm going to be furious. Schrodinger, we don't know until you open it. <laughs> Nerd science humor. I mean, come on. Sometimes it's just best to go with as nerdy as you can possibly get when you're forming a bad joke because that that esoteric stuff means that half the people aren't even going to understand what the hell this is referencing, right? So if you don't know what it's referencing and you got caught with your pants down, uh, go uh, look for Schrodinger's cat, okay? Uh, it's, It's a really interesting thought experiment of a cat in a box, and there's some mechanism that if it, you know, like in, in some cases, I, I think one of the uh, earlier uh, versions of the way it goes is that uh, a sensor, uh, if it gets struck by uh, any kind of gamma radiation, will trigger and break a vial of poisonous uh, liquid, which turns into a gas, killing the cat. So while the cat is in the box, you don't know whether the cat is alive or dead. And you won't know whether the cat's alive or dead until you lift the cover off the box. What the thought experiment here is talking about is probability and the collapsing of what's called the probability wave. Um, It's really interesting. If you completely don't give a shit about it, I get it. But if you are at all interested in the fact that it's sort of like flipping a quarter, you never know what side it's going to, you know, it lands on until you actually view the thing. And there's some other, you know, uh, Heisenberg's uncertainty principle kind of comes up into that. Because when you view a thing, you actually kind of change what it's doing. So between Schrodinger's cat and Heisenberg uncertainty principle, it's amazing that we can put 8,000 tons of steel into the sky and land people on other bodies, heavenly bodies. Because quite frankly, man, it's like we're always apparently jacking up everything we touch. me out. I will get this up as soon as I possibly can, and I will see you guys on the other side. This has been Bitcoin And, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.